Welcome to Walk in Truth. These are the Bible teachings of Pastor Michael Lance, equipping you to reach out with God's truth to all people and how to apply that truth to today's issues, trends, and culture. Learn more about the program and our ministry when you visit walkintruth.com. Now here's the conclusion of Pastor Michael's teaching in Matthew chapter 6, 19 through 24, called No One Can Serve Two Masters. So I think it's clear how we store up treasures on earth, how we store up treasures in heaven, what the balance is for this life God wants us to enjoy and be wise. But we need to always be thinking about the kingdom of God. That should be the first priority of servants of Christ. And so Jesus now gives an image to bring it home. He says, the lamp of the body is the eye. We often say the eyes are the window of the soul. Matthew 6, 22. If therefore your eye is clear, the Greek word means single, simplistic, healthy, not confused, sound, functioning healthy, you could say. The lamp of the body is the eye. If your eye is healthy or clear, your whole body will be full of light. You'll have a good eye and there'll be light. I think your whole body could represent your whole life here, not just that your body needs light to go inside of it. But if your eye is bad, if you don't have a good eye but a bad eye, poneros, the Greek word, means evil, hurtful, influenced by evil, not properly functioning, pressed down, periled, that kind of thing. If your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. Instead of light, there'll be darkness. And if therefore the light that is in you is darkness, how great is the darkness? Now this statement has confused a lot of scholars because they're like, what is Jesus talking about? Your eyes are the lamp of the body and all of that. Well, in the ancient world, they had a saying, and they called it the evil eye. And Jesus' first century audience would know exactly what he was talking about. Anybody who was miserly, we would think of Scrooge. Remember Scrooge in the famous movie, right, in the book? Scrooge was a miserly guy. Aren't there enough, you know, workhouses? Aren't there enough prisons? And he would kind of do that Popeye thing. Hick, 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 hick. Anyway, that kind of, right? And he couldn't even think of giving away a little bit of his manufactured wealth to the poor. Humbug, humbug. He was a miser. Scrooge had the evil eye. And he was full of darkness. He could care less about his fellow man First John, John picks this up and he says, look, if you claim to be in the light and you walk in darkness, you're a liar. If you see a brother or sister in need of worldly goods and you close your heart toward him, you are in darkness. This is how we ultimately see what Jesus is talking about when we walk out who we are. We will be walking in the light. We'll have the lamp of God You know, in the ancient world, they didn't have electricity when Jesus is speaking. They had lamps, and lamps were almost like a torch. So when the sun dropped, the only way you could illuminate places is to light a candle or have a lamp or kind of like a torch sort of thing or something that was a physical lamp, but you had to have oil and light it. Well, what Jesus is basically saying is this. Your eyes, which usually is fixed mostly on your treasure, Let the light in, and the precepts of God are light. So when you're following Jesus, the psalmist famously says, your word is a lamp to my feet and a 
light to my path. Psalm 119, I think it's 105. So when we have the light of God directing our steps, our body will be full of truth and light and we'll, we'll do what we need to do with our resources. But if we have the evil eye, we'll be full of darkness. This is a Hebrew idiom. It's a figure of speech of a miser, a selfish person. Proverbs 28, 22 puts it this way. A man with an evil eye, Proverbs 28, 22, hastens after wealth and does not know that want will come upon him. By contrast, a good eye is a generous person full of the light of God. Proverbs 22, 9 in the New King James says, he who has a generous or good eye will be blessed for he gives of his bread to the poor. Proverbs 22, 9. All Jesus is simply doing is making a contrast between a generous person with a good eye and a miserly person with an evil eye. Sometimes we call it the stink eye. (laughs) That person just gave me the stink eye. (laughs) That was an evil eye. What's going on with that? Full of darkness. (laughs) That's kind of our modern expression, but I think you guys get what Jesus is saying. Psalm 19 verse 8 says, The precepts of the Lord are right. They give joy to the heart. The commands of the Lord are radiant. Listen giving light to the eyes. Psalm 19, verse 8. Proverbs 17, 24 says, A discerning man keeps wisdom in view, but a fool's eyes wander to the ends of the earth. The light of the eyes, a mark of generosity, a mark of happiness. It's like, it's a life filled with the light of God. It's a person who enjoys what God has given them, is grateful, and is also a generous person. If you meet a miser, They're miserable. Misers are miserable people because they are consumed with self and their God has become the kingdom of darkness and Satan loves it because it's all the worse in the self-centered ways of man. There's another nuance to this I just want to throw out to you. In the Old Testament, the kings of Israel were called lamps. The uh, soldiers of David, they plead with him. The men of David swore to him and they said, you shall not go out again with us to battle that you may not extinguish the lamp of Israel. 2 Samuel 21, 17. David prayed, Lord, you are my lamp. You illumine my darkness. 2 Samuel twenty two twenty nine. Job talking about his former life before his calamity, he was a very generous man. He said, Job 29, verse 3, when God's lamp shone over my head and by his light I walked through darkness. And we learned that Job was taking care of many people before that whole calamity. And then Proverbs 20, verse 27 says, the spirit of man is the lamp of the Lord, searching all the innermost parts of his being. Proverbs 20, verse 27 One other expression of this is that the king, leadership, lordship, was like a lamp. And I just want to speak a word to those of you who are leaders of companies, families, etc. You are going to light the way of your priorities, of what you really believe. Do you believe the kingdom of God is first? That should show in your Sundays, 
but it should show also in your Wednesdays and your Thursdays and your Fridays. Everybody get what I'm saying? We say Jesus is Lord, but then the question becomes, what does the light of my life really look like? What kind of vibe do I put off? And I'm not talking about impressing people here because that's what Jesus said to be careful. We don't want to have the evil eye. We want to be full of the light of God. We want to be on mission looking to see how Jesus would use us in the lives of others. Final verse. Jesus sums it up with our title. He says, no one, and that includes all of us, if you're trying to serve more than one master, you can't do it. On the authority of Jesus, no one can serve two masters. Remember the word master. Notice how extreme the language is here. For either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will hold or cleave to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. Mammon, it refers to money, wealth, possessions, etc. You just can't do it. If you're trying to do it, you ain't going to make it. And some people will say, I think I'm pulling it off. No, you're not. You're not. And I think Jesus probably has an eye on the Pharisees who say they love God, but actually their works reveal that they don't love God. They love applause. They love wealth. And Jesus is implying that they hate God, that they despise the true things of the kingdom. In fact, that's why they're going to kill the king because they don't like what he stands for because he brings the true light. They dwell in darkness. Therefore, they had to get rid of him and they crucified the king. Strong words. The interests of a dual lordship life will soon conflict. I don't think that this means that you can't moonlight on your job You know, you have a day job and you moonlight at night. I don't think that's what Jesus is saying. I don't think Jesus is talking about 401ks or investing or anything like that. I think he's talking about who is your God? Who is your Lord? And he says, if I'm your Lord, if I'm your king and you seek first my kingdom, I'll take care of all the other things that people so often worry about. But if you try to serve two masters, you will be in a love-hate relationship That's what Jesus says. And you won't be able to pull it off, though I think many people try. The best thing to do is make Jesus your king and he'll take care of all of the rest and you don't have to sweat it, whether he gives you a lot or a little. You just make him and his kingdom the priority. Now we're about to have of the Lord's Supper and uh, I'm gonna ask the ushers to prepare to hand that out. I want you to turn your Bibles to Luke 16 and we're done. Matthew, Mark, Luke I had pointed out that uh, the Pharisees were lovers of money. In the Gospel of Luke, Jesus is talking about mammon, this topic that we've been looking at. And he repeats this phrase, Luke 16, 13. He says, no one can serve two masters, Luke 16, 13. Either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon, Luke 16, 14. Now, the Pharisees, who were lovers of money or mammon, were listening to all these things. And they were what? They were scoffing at him. And he said to them, You are those who justify yourselves in the sight of men, but God knows your hearts. He sees through the eyes into the heart. He knows what's going on. For that which is highly esteemed among men 
is detestable in the sight of God. You'll hear more from Pastor Michael in a moment. Hey, I'm producer Rob. Since we began on this journey of reaching out with God's truth to all people, we have grown to be on eight radio stations. Now, we're excited to tell you, this month we have begun broadcasting in San Diego. So if you're listening from there, welcome. We hope that this teaching is a blessing to you. So now we're on two radio stations in Southern California, one in Northern California in the Bay Area, Arizona, Idaho, Utah, and two in Georgia, reaching people from all walks of life and faiths. In addition, we have listeners all over the world, like in South Africa, Nepal, Australia, the United Kingdom, Pakistan, and Israel, thanks to our podcast. The country where we have the second most listeners is India. Fewer than 3% of the population are Christians there. The point is, the hope of the gospel is getting around. If you are a financial partner, thank you for recognizing the importance of Walk in Truth by giving at least $5 a month and for praying for people's lives to be changed through hearing and responding to the messages aired each week. Through our partnership together, Walk in Truth has been able to carry God's message of hope to thousands of listeners who may be feeling stress, confusion, and hopelessness. And also, thank you for contributing to the joy in learning God's Word and feeling Him close. Now, Walk in Truth's total budget for radio airtime, promotion, equipment, supplies, the podcast, and staffing is over $150,000 a year. Our goal has always been to become 100% listener-supported and to expand into more radio stations as God provides. Now, our current level of listener financial support is not quite 50% yet, and we are praying for more listeners to become part of the Walk in Truth team. Can you give a one-time tax-deductible Christmas gift today? or become a monthly partner of at least $10 a month, please help us reach 50% listener support before the year ends. Call 844-48-TRUTH to give. That's 844-48-TRUTH. 844-48-TRUTH or give at walkintruth.com. And thank you so much in behalf of Pastor Michael and the whole Walk in Truth team. We hope you have a very Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Thank you to all our Walk in Truth financial partners, and be sure to check out our Walk in Truth app, available in your app store. Now, back to Pastor Michael Lance, right here on Walk in Truth. The interests of a dual lordship life will soon conflict. I don't think that this means that you can't moonlight on your job You know, you have a day job and you moonlight at night. I don't think that's what Jesus is saying. I don't think Jesus is talking about 401ks or investing or anything like that. I think he's talking about who is your God? Who is your Lord? And he says, if I'm your Lord, if I'm your king and you seek first my kingdom, I'll take care of all the other things that people so often worry about. But if you try to serve two masters, you will be in a love-hate relationship. That's what Jesus says. And you won't be able to pull it off, though I think many people try. The best thing to do is make Jesus your king and he'll take care of all of the rest and you don't have to sweat it. Whether he gives you a lot or a little, you just make him and his kingdom the priority. Now we're about to have of the Lord's Supper and uh, I'm gonna ask the ushers to prepare to hand that out. I want you to turn your Bibles to Luke 16 and we're done. Matthew, Mark, Luke I had pointed out that uh, the Pharisees were lovers of money. In the Gospel of Luke, Jesus is talking about mammon, this topic that 
we've been looking at. And he repeats this phrase, Luke 16, 13. He says, no one can serve two masters, Luke 16, 13. Either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon, Luke 16, 14. Now the Pharisees, who were lovers of money or mammon, were listening to all these things, and they were what? They were scoffing at him. And he said to them, you are those who justify yourselves in the sight of men, but God knows your hearts. He sees through the eyes into the heart. He knows what's going on. For that which is highly esteemed among men is detestable in the sight of God. The law and the prophets were proclaimed until John. Since then, the gospel of the kingdom is preached and everyone is forcing his way into it. Now, as the elements, you guys can go ahead and start handing out the elements. And I just want to remind you that this time of the Lord's Supper is for believers. I pray that you're a believer. If you're not a believer, I pray that you'll become one and then take of the Lord's Supper. So let me just end with the story that's at the end of Luke 16. It's familiar to most of you. Jesus tells a story about two men. It's two men. It's a rich man and a man named Lazarus. Now, the rich man owns a lot of stuff and he feasts sumptuously every day. He has catered meals come in. He has fine purple and linen on. He has his buddies over every day. And at the gate of his estate lay a poor man named Lazarus. Who, he's full of sores. He's sick. He's malnourished. And the only company that he has at the gate of the rich man is dogs. They come and lick his sores. Dogs are the greatest creatures on the planet. All God's people said, cats are definitely in question. All right, but we leave that for the, leave it alone because it could divide the church. All right, but anyway, so here's the thing. So both men die in the story that Jesus says, he shares, The poor man ends up in Abraham's bosom next to Abraham, the father of the Jewish people. The rich man ends up where? In Hades and torment. And he's crying out that someone will just put some water on his tongue. And he can see Abraham across the barrier and Lazarus there. So he begins to have a dialogue with Abraham and Jesus is telling the story. And he he says to him, Father... Abraham, do you hear those words? He's a Jew. Father Abraham, have mercy on me. Now this man is a Jew who was wealthy, who lived up the high life at the expense of the poor man at his gate. Who do you think the story is about? Probably a rich Pharisee. Who, they, they might conclude, hey, if I was religious, impressed people, and wealthy and I had a bunch of material possessions, I'm blessed by God, right? And since I'm a Jew, I'm going right into uh, heaven because I have the right lineage and all of that. And Jesus is like, no, hear the story. The rich man's under judgment. The poor man is being comforted. Father Abraham, if I can't get out of here, send someone to my five brothers. Maybe there are five other Pharisees. Lest they end up here. They think they're good. They think they're blessed. They don't understand your ways. Please send somebody. And the response of Abraham, famously echoing through the corridors of time, they have Moses and the prophets. Let them hear them. This is, do you see the audience here? 
Do you see how our misgivings about what God actually honors, our uh, definitions of blessing and what the kingdom of God is all about could be so upside down. Our culture uses the words blessed and all that stuff and often comforts themselves in, I'm fine with God. I'm sure so-and-so is good and looking down and all of that stuff at us right now. But folks, we can't have this wrong. We can't serve two masters. Amen? Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. And one day, every knee will bow. And I pray that you have bowed your knee. Father, thank you so much for... This precious congregation, thank you for their, their heart for the kingdom, their heart for the gospel. Thank you for this moment in time that we've been able to celebrate baptisms and Brianna's mission. And now, Lord, to come to your table, we're so humbled and grateful because this piece of matzah, this juice, represents your pierced, striped body, your precious blood to purchase my entrance into the kingdom of God. It is by grace, through faith. I can't earn it. I don't deserve it. Thank you that you paid the ransom in full. But Lord, I do want to do something with the gifts that you've given to me. So as we remember the cross, as we remember our suffering Messiah, the one who laid down, who became poor that we might become rich, who laid down his life for us and resurrected to defeat death, Lord, I pray, teach me your ways and teach me how I can make you Lord of my life and the things that I do in my everyday walk. Help me, Lord. We all feel a weakness. We all feel often pulled in multiple directions. Would you give us the mercy we need just to do it a day at a time? We don't need to stress too much about six months from now. We're just gonna orient our hearts towards the king and the kingdom right at this moment. Just wanna take a moment. If you've not met Jesus as your king, as your Lord, This would be a great time to confess him uh, leading into this wonderful holy week and thinking about eternal things. You don't have to have a perfect prayer. It's about repenting of sin and making Jesus Lord, setting him aside as Lord in your heart. He's already the Lord, but you need to make him your Lord. Maybe you've been wayward. Maybe Maybe you've been trying to serve two or three or four or five masters. This would be a great time to come back to your Lord who loved you so much. He he laid down his life for you. On the night that Jesus was betrayed, he took bread. When he had given thanks, he broke it and said, this is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Thank you, Lord. In the same manner, he took the cup after supper, saying this cup is the new covenant in my blood. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. Thank you, Lord. You've been listening to No One Can Serve Two Masters, Part 3, on Walk in Truth. And that was the conclusion of Pastor Michael's teaching in Matthew chapter 6, verses 19 through 24. If you missed any part of today's program, Walk in Truth is on Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, and more podcast apps. Listen for free to Pastor Michael's teachings in more books of the Bible. Now, we have pastors on staff that would love to speak with you if you need prayer or counsel. Or perhaps you have questions about Jesus and the Christian faith. Call Walk in Truth Tuesdays through Fridays during daytime hours at 844-48-TRUTH. That's 844-48-TRUTH. 
48 Truth. Now here's Pastor Michael one more time before we go. Well, here's the bottom line on no one can serve two masters. Don't try to do it because you can't. <laughs> no one can, according to Jesus, right? You're like, duh, Pastor Michael, that's pretty obvious. Yeah, but you know what Jesus says? He says for a reason, because a lot of us, now let's be serious. We're trying to see if we can pull it off. Yeah, I can serve Jesus and serve my flesh. I can serve Jesus and this idol over here or over there. No, you can't. You won't be able to do it. You'll cling to the one and you'll end up despising the other. You just can't do it. So when you serve one master, then he'll take care of the rest of the stuff. And that's what Jesus's point is. Don't try to do both. You can't do it. Make up your mind today to serve the Lord. He's the king. He deserves your best. But the cool thing is that he promises to add, not subtract, add everything that you need unto you. Now, that may mean that some things need to be subtracted, like idols in your life and stuff like that, but those things need to go anyway. So when you when you decide, I'm going to serve Jesus, well, then the rest will take care of itself. So I hope that helps. We appreciate our Walk in Truth financial partners. You contribute to our ministry, broadcast, and podcast. As a thank you for your support, we've created the Walk in Truth app. you got to check it out. It's available in your app store. If you'd like to become a Walk in Truth partner, any amount is appreciated. You can now give on the Walk in Truth app or visit walkintruth.com. And join us tomorrow for Pastor Michael's teaching in Matthew chapter 7, verses 1 through 12, called To Judge or Not to Judge. I'm Mike Massaro. On behalf of Pastor Michael Lance and Living Truth Christian Fellowship, thanks for listening to Walk in Truth, equipping you to reach out with God's truth to all people. <laughs>